stealing in as relapse sums above the den. It's hard to know if this will be the Hello and welcome to episode 424 of the Thinking Poker podcast from Catonsville, Maryland. I am Andrew Brokus. And from Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm Carlos Welch. And we are joined by a man who I suspect might have listened to more hours of poker podcasts than anyone else in the world, but we'll see about that. Uh, Chad McVean, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, and where in the world are you, Chad? I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. I thought I heard a Canadian accent in there. <laughs> uh, so how accurate do you think that is? So, I mean, I, I know you mostly from, um, you know, you're retweeting our, our show every, not just retweeting, but creating a tweet about each episode of our sh uh, show every week that uh, I'm then able to to retweet on Twitter. And I know that you're doing this for a number of other podcasts as well. Um, I mean, I, I assume you're listening to to most of those. It seems plausible to me. You may actually have listened to more poker content than, uh, I mean, it seems like you listened to quite a lot of it. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. There's, I, I don't listen to every podcast, but I do listen to the podcasts that I enjoy. Um, so there are some shows that you probably never see me tweet about. And that's probably because I either don't enjoy their product or don't enjoy one of the hosts or just don't have time for it. But the ones that I do enjoy, I definitely um, share every day. I listen to them as well. I, I'm pretty sure I've shared every single one of your episodes this year so far. Yeah. And uh, I think you've got a couple more to still to come out. Um, and I just basically want, uh, I want to be able to keep listening to the products. So I need to help share it. So other people listen. So you will keep making great content. That's awesome. I, I love that philosophy. I appreciate the support and I'm particularly flattered to be in the category of uh, hosts who are not so annoying that you've stopped listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how, how is it, Chad? Do you have this much time? Are you like a long distance truck driver or something? How do you have so much time to listen to poker podcasts? Uh, uh, I work in accounting. And I okay. sit at a computer all day long and uh, in an office and I just work and I have this playing in my ears while I'm working. Nice. Plus, uh, of course, you know, work, you know, if going to the gym or driving or taking the dog for a walk, it's, there's a lot of hours in the day. And when I listen at 2.5 speed, uh, I can get a lot of content in. Wow. 2.5 is impressive. I'm, I'm mostly a 1.5 guy. There's some stuff I'll listen to it too. Once you get used to it, it's easy to do, but some of the shows, um, particular when there's a bit of an accent or they just talk quick in general, like the chip race, it took me a while to get them up to 2.5 because they, <laughs> they, they, they seem to be speaking a little bit faster um, than um, most shows. See, I would think our show would be challenging because Andrew speaks a little faster than most people and I speak a little slower than most people. <laughs> and so myself on 2.5 speed probably sounds like Andrew on 1.5. So that can be hard to uh, uh, navigate having um, um, two different uh, speech velocities like that. But I, I do personally listen to the show. Like sometimes I can get it up to like 3x speed if it's something that, like if if it's our show that I'm listening to, like I, I got a pretty good ear for Andrew's voice and of course for mine. But yeah, when I listen to other podcasts, it's kind of difficult to get it above 2x. So that is impressive. 
Well, you know, if you put in enough uh, time and effort, then anything is possible. <laughs> so the main thing that we have planned for today is for this to be, and we've done this in a few previous years, especially uh, last year, 2022, is to talk about some of our like favorite podcast episodes of the year from uh, both our show. And then if there's stuff that Chad wants to recommend from uh, other shows or elsewhere in poker media. But um, before we get to that, Chad, you know, what, what is your own poker story? Uh, well, uh, what you may find with uh, a lot of Canadians is we didn't have the moneymaker effect. We had the Raymer effect. Um, during the 90, uh, 2004 uh, hockey season was locked out. So all of a sudden, all the sports networks had to find something to put on TV. So all, the main event with Raymer winning was broadcast so many times over and over again. And that watching that got me into poker. Since then, I've I've been basically you know a home game player. Um, I've done uh, close to thirty trips out to Vegas to play various events. I started mainly as a cash player. Was decently successful in in low limit um, cash games and uh, have somewhat unfortunately caught the tournament bug and am trying to have some success there. Uh, but I, I've, I'm finding that the couple times now that I've hopped back into cash games, I don't have the same playing style and i'm not having success there either um but uh, recently over the last couple of years i've gotten more into mixed games which i quite enjoy and am excelling at awesome and you have enough opportunities to play the the mixed game like that's always seemed to me the, the problem with mixed games is whether they're they're actually games that you can find reliably to to play in well what i generally do is i get most of my poker playing done in chunks so i'll go to vegas and i'll play for a week um, I also, one of my side jobs is I do some work for Robbie Straczynski. So I've always, I've helped him run his mixed game festival he does in Vegas each year. And so I try to get out there and I, that's just a great opportunity to get a whole bunch of mixed game cash games in, uh, all in a short period of time. Um, I do have the ability to play on poker stars, but it is, uh, in ring fence, just Ontario. Mm -hmm. They do have, um, mixed game tournaments every day. Um, about four or five different varieties. So I try to play those when I can. Um, but the field sizes um, in just being in Ontario uh, definitely are not comparable to what uh, the general world has uh, for uh, online poker. Does the casino at Niagara, do they have regular uh, mixed game? No, no. The The casino at Niagara has a small poker room. Um, they have just, just hold them. Uh, one, three, two, five, five, ten, and um, the room is generally full, but they don't have um, a lot of tables running. They might have like twelve tables going at max. They don't run any tournaments at all, and it's it's a very reg heavy uh, room. Mm. I'll put it that way. Um, all right. Anything else that you'd like us to uh, to know about you? Um, I did have the um the opportunity in january to be playing in the uh, pspc in bahamas i won that off oh, that's of, right yes uh the poker in the years podcast um, I, I remember thinking at the time i was like oh what a, what a perfect candidate for that i, I was i was very right. glad to see you in that yeah it was it was a wonderful experience um i did not cash but i would say about 80 percent of day one i was rocking i had people send me screenshots of the uh, the chip leading, and I was at one point I was sixth overall in the tournament. The problem was I had Chris Mormon to my right the entire day, and then Elliot Hooden too to my left the entire day, 
And as uh, you may remember, Mormon finished day one with the chip lead. Although I didn't really get into any many, many hands with him, it was definitely like a live lesson on how to play poker, having him right beside me all day long. Um, I had had some unlucky draws uh, closer to the end of the day that cost me quite a few chips, but um, it was an unbelievable experience. And, and I would definitely never turn that down again if someone were to offer it to me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, I remember when that happened and it was, it was a fun time um, following the story as it happened. So yeah, hopefully it happens again. I'll be rooting for you. Thank you. So I, I put together, I, I was thinking we might want to have two different categories for this, because I think there's there's kind of the episodes that are best in terms of having a, a good interview or a, a compelling guest, uh, and then episodes that are just like, you know, for people who really want the, the strategy heavy episodes, where are the best places to go for those? So I put together my like personal top five for for both of those. Um, I think we might want to like share these in, uh, in, in reverse order. Uh, do you guys have a sense whether we'd be better off like each of us shares our number five or, uh, you know, like I, I could go first and, and share my five and then uh, you guys can like comment on those or we can discuss them, whatever. And, and, and you can share yours. I mean, have any, any preferences there? No preference on my side. I came up with my five um, for strat and for interviews um, from your show. However you want to run it. Um, Actually, yeah, now have- that I say that, I mean, you're, you're a guest, Chad, let's, let's let you go first. Oh. Uh, so what, what was your, well, I guess we'll, we'll start with the um, strategy episodes. What, what would you consider the, the fifth best strategy episode of the year? I don't know how a strategy deep it was, but the fact that it had mixed game strategy in it, I went with Ari Angles. Uh, episode 412. I was um, as soon as you mentioned mixed games, I was like, oh, the Ariana Gold episode. Yeah, because you don't get a lot of mixed game content out in podcast form at all, especially not strategy. And uh, if Ari is a, is a wonder, a, a whiz at that, I believe he just won Robbie's uh, tournament out at the Mixed Game Festival for uh, a WBT pass in a horse tournament. So if, if anyone can give me content on mixed games, uh, Ari is definitely one. So I had him at number five. Great choice. Yeah, I actually I had Ari on, on my guests list. Uh so he 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 did not make my uh strategy number five. I actually had Ben Kasigian for my uh strategy number five, who was I think maybe even our, our first guest of the year or one of our very first guests of the year. And it, it wasn't exactly a strategy episode, um, but it was it was about solvers. And uh Ben, for people who didn't hear this episode, is a computer scientist. And so we were talking about kind of his perspective is someone who's like a, a computer guy first and poker guy second. His perspective on how solvers are currently built, what solvers could potentially do in, in the future. Um, so I don't know if it quite counts as a, as a strategy episode, but for me, that that was one of our more compelling, like you know, poker, poker-centric, poker technology uh, episodes of the year. I had that one as uh, my number three for strategy. And Carlos, what was your number five? My number five for strategy, I would say the episode with Nate, because that was a good one to kind of like, when I think strategy and I think like, you know, as a teacher, a a thing about teaching that's very important is like the summary and to like the, the knowing what the takeaways are. And that was a good episode where we kind of like maybe discuss some things that a lot of the listeners already knew but it was kind of like new to Nate. It's like a good thing to do to remember like, okay, these are 
the things that if I were going to tell someone else everything I knew about a subject, like these would be like the top five things, like just kind of redoing that list often on something that you already know pretty well is a good way to solidify that knowledge in your mind. And so us having an opportunity to kind of like briefly, uh, I guess I'll use the word coach, briefly coach Nate or get him up to speed on some of the more recent things that I spent like the last year or so learning, did a good job of like, you know, solidifying those things in my mind. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. In fact, I had Nate higher than five, but we'll come back to that. So Chad, number four. Number four, I had... Tom Boshoff, I believe it was the one right after Ben. Again, diving into the solvers and ICM and strategy. It's just anytime I can listen to a little bit more information and strategy revolving solvers and ICM, it just really helps uh, helps my game. And so I had them. I had that interview uh, as number four. Yeah, that seems like it might have been a tough one to listen to at at two point five. That was a pretty dense one, as I recall. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom actually was was my number four as well. My number four was Ari. And I think it's because the episode with Ari was like the perfect mix of one that like he's so entertaining just on his own. And then on top of that, he can give you so much good strategy advice. It's like he was so fun and so funny that the kind of the strategy advice kind of gets lost in, in the uh, entertainment value. And so if I'm making a strategy list, uh, it kind of sucks that he kind of gets hit because he's like <laughs> yeah. too entertaining to be higher up in my list. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I what happened to me. I, I ended up putting him on, on my guest list, not because it wasn't a good strategy episode, but I just thought of it more as like, I enjoyed that as an interview more so than like as a, a discussion of poker strategy. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I felt about it. All right, Chad, number three. Well, number three, I had Ben. Oh, Ben Kusijian, okay. Yeah. Um, my number three was, uh, this is where I had the Nate Mavis episode. Um, I think I, I felt like the, the, the Ben, especially the, the Ben episode was not quite like hardcore poker strategy as, as far as I was concerned. And, um, yeah, arguably, I mean, maybe Tom from a pure strategy perspective deserves to be above Nate. I think partly I was just excited to have Nate back on the show. So I might've allowed myself to get a little bit biased by that. I have Tom at number three. Yeah. I, I, now that you guys have convinced me, I should probably switch uh, Tom and Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so these, by the way, this is uh, uh, episode 392 was Ben Kasigian, 412 was Ari Angle, 393 was Tom Boshoff, and 421 is the uh, one with Nate Mavis that we've referenced. Chad, number two. Number two was episode 418, which was uh, you and Carlos reviewing your ACR final table run. Yeah, that was a good one. Quite enjoyed that one. Um, I had Salo Costa as number two. Uh, Salo being a, um, well, I mean, he he works for GTA Wizard as as Tom Boshoff does, uh, not quite as intimately as, as Tom does, but making a strategy content for GTA Wizard in addition to being a content creator in, in his own right on YouTube and running a stable and playing a lot of high stakes cash games himself and uh, doing a lot of data-driven stuff, which is interesting because most of what we focused on um, I think partly because it's been like my focus in, in writing the books and because of our relationship with GTO Wizard has been very oriented towards like theory and and, and solver things. And so you know, coming solo coming from the perspective of actually having like population data on how people play and being able to blend that with the GTO Wizard uh, theory side of things and just being a generally like entertaining guy and good at explaining concepts. I thought that was a, a top notch strategy episode. Yeah. 
I agree. Solo is my second one. And it just occurred to me based on your last comment that I kind of just shitted on everybody's entertainment value above Ari. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Solo was also very entertaining. Uh, but he was his strategy was more dense than Ari's. And the thing that jumps out to me was maybe not so much on the episode, but in my research for the episode, I did a deep dive into this stuff and I was blown away. The thing that jumped out me to, at me the most was you, Nate, and I were often referred to um, uh, Bayesian logic. Bayes theorem, yeah. <laughs> Bayes theorem whenever we would talk about poker, but we never like did math <laughs> in, in conjunction with our discussion of Bayes. And when I saw a solo video where he basically took, you know, a marker and a whiteboard and actually explained Bayes theory mathematically and how that can help you with poker, like that blew my mind. And although he was also entertaining, I think that level, like anytime we can like literally solve equations and do math in conjunction with poker, it's going to make my day. So Although Ari's um, um, strategy content was also good, he didn't bring any equations. So uh, <laughs> Solo is second on my list for that reason. All right, Chad, number one, best strategy episode of the year. What do you got? Well, this will also tie in with your Patreon because it is episode 410 um, when you had the Patreon strategy episode where you took all the subscribers' questions and, and went through them. I quite enjoyed that. I, I, I do have to admit I have not signed up for the picking poker daily yet but i do plan on doing that and getting all that information daily for myself yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i actually didn't remember uh, i remember doing the episode i didn't have a strong recollection of like what we talked about so when i was looking over the list i was like i guess that's a strategy it just didn't stand out in my mind as much as as um as the other ones so i'm, I'm very glad to, to see that that came up on your list because I, I don't feel like i necessarily gave it proper consideration i was just like i don't remember what that was i guess it was forgettable it just it just was a lot of questions from from players and that like questions that i would ask and you were answering them and and i, I really really appreciated hearing other players asking the same similar things that i would and getting answers see that's the key it's like the strategy content that's going to resonate to you more is going to be you know the one for what the level that you're currently at on and so it's like I just it, it occurred to me like when I'm talking about solving Bayesian equations that like a lot of a lot, a lot of eyes glazed over in the audience <laughs> right now. Uh, so for me that was kind of like you know a big deal, but that wouldn't have been the case a couple of years ago. So that's actually a very good point. Uh, this is where I put, maybe this is self-centered because I chose the only episode, uh, or not the only one, um, but the only one on my list that didn't have a guest is <laughs> the Ant History Review uh, from the uh, the warm-up that I final tabled that was just Carlos and, and me. I think that's the most like advanced strategy that we've done on the show or, or the one that it was literally like the cutting edge of what I'm working on strategically right now. So it's probably the one that I learned the most from getting to uh, talk to Carlos in, in, in real time and like think through some things that I had already been working on and, and, and thinking through for myself. So I, I thought it was neat to like, I personally benefited from it and, you know, to be able to bring other people in on that, um, on that process. But yeah, maybe I also just liked it because it was, uh, I probably talked more on that than on the other episodes on my list. Yeah. And then also you had a pile of cash. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's got a nice uh, association with it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but that was also my number one. It was so fun. It, 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 I was like, you know, so happy to like see when you've gotten these big scores lately, kind of like feel some of what you felt back when I won the bracelet. And to be able to like discuss those hands with you, I also learned a lot. And I think that's like, I also didn't even consider the the one episode that has the word strategy in it. Didn't even like <laughs> make my short list. And that's because those were strategy questions where we were doing more teaching and learning. And so this one, I felt like I was doing a decent amount of learning as well as all the other ones on this list. And so that's, yeah, this one was like, it was so great. I've listened to it multiple times since we did it. And I feel like I learned something new every time I listened to it. Yeah, Chad, I'm, I'm so glad you flagged that episode because I was afraid this was going to be kind of anticlimactic where by the time we got to number one, someone else would have already chosen that episode for you know their number three or something. And it would have be, uh, so yeah, to, to have, have one that hadn't yet been mentioned come in into the number one slot was great. Um, I also, I had a an honorable mention for Burt Stevens. It wasn't a super strategy focused episode, but uh, it's Giraffe Ganger. Um, but there was some, uh, I, I know Carlos in particular, you had a couple of really good questions for, for Burt. And I mean, in addition to being a, a super entertaining guest, he's obviously a top-notch player. He had just won the uh, online WSMP main event. And um, so, yeah, it was, it's, you know, you're always going to learn something listening to a, a person as talented as Bart talk about, and, and as, as uh, Bert, I always do that to him as talented as Bert <laughs> <laughs> talk about poker. And, and he's very open uh, talking about those things. I also have an honor, honorable mention for this, which I hope I'm not screwing this up, but there was, I remember a strategy segment that we did that wasn't really related to the interview. And I think it was on the Ebony Kenny interview. Like there was like a lot of good comments about that strategy segment. And I wish I had time to go back and see what we discussed in it. But if I'm not wrong, uh, for the listeners, go back and check that episode and see if that strategy episode, if that strategy segment was um, a high level one for you. From my memory, I heard a lot of good comments about the strategy episode, strategy segment of the Ebony Kitty episode. And this is probably a good time to uh, let people know that if they do enjoy the strategy that they hear on here, uh, as Chad has already mentioned, the single best place to hear us talk strategy, and you can get it five days a week, none of this uh, you know, banter in between. We get straight into it. We answer your questions. That is at patreon.com slash thinkingpokerdaily. Once you sign up, you'll get a, a feed a URL that you can put into your whatever podcast app you regularly use. You don't have to listen to this on Patreon all the time. You just sign up once through Patreon. That's how we get paid for it. And then you can listen to it just like you listen to any other podcast. New episodes show up in your podcast player every day. It's at least 10 minutes. I'd say we probably average closer to 15 uh, talking about strategy every day. And we have a lot of fun doing it as well. So uh, patreon.com slash thinking poker daily. For the best guess, I had a much harder time with this one. Um, <laughs> I thought there was, it was I didn't have too hard of a time finding the top five. There was some question of like how I was going to rank them, but the top five strategy episodes I felt like were pretty clear to me. You know which ones I wanted to to put on that list. The top guests. I mean, I guess partly it's a little harder to compare guests to one another because because people are more unique. But this was this was a rough one. I feel like my my honorable mentions are doing a lot of work here. There's a lot of people who I feel like, uh, <laughs> could, could, and this was a really good year for us. I, I think there's a lot of people yeah. were like didn't even make the top five that could have been you know the top one or two episodes from from a previous year yeah i have a i have a top nine list. <laughs> nice <laughs> uh all right what's your number nine chad uh number nine was actually uh nate mavis i 
tried to put him into the strategy one and it just didn't, couldn't bump anybody out. And, uh, I couldn't get him into the top five of my interviews, but it was such a great show. I quite enjoyed it. And so he was fourth on my um, honorable mention list after my top five. Well, as it happens, I also have four on my honorable mentions list. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put mine out. Um, I've got Ed Miller in, in this slot. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Ed. It you know was one of our least poker focused episodes that we did. Uh, certainly poker adjacent. We were talking about um, sports, uh, the, the sports betting world. And, and he had written a book about how to how to beat modern uh, sports betting casinos. Or just generally like understanding the, the modern uh, sports book, which, which I really did not. Um, so I, I had a fantastic time during that interview and I found it very interesting. It didn't crack my top five, mostly because it wasn't as poker focused as um, some of these these other interviews were. Carlos, do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out now? Yeah, let me let me do some honorable mentions. Sam Grafton, like that one, I would say had a very impactful moment for me when he talked about reading a book on World War II and randomly saying his, I think his grandfather's name mentioned in it. Yeah. Like that was like an awesome moment. And just hearing him talk about the high stakes world. Like that's something that we don't get guests from as often. And so to hear somebody that's been like, you know, an associate of yours for a long time and a another very entertaining person, <laughs> uh, you know, just talk about that world. And then also, you know, that part of him, like when I see him primarily um, on TV or on poker, poker go or whatever other footage, it's usually him like, you know, being a happy go lucky guy. And so to hear him have like that more introspective and thoughtful moment about, you know, talking about his grandfather, like that was a cool, a very cool moment. Let's let's come back to, I think Chad's got a number, uh, number eight, and we can, we can continue looping around. Uh, Chad, what do you got for number eight? Anytime you can listen to him, I listen to him. Um, I know he wasn't a full interview, but he was on part of his show. This must be Tommy Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he's on any show, I have to listen to it. And I've got his book on on audio, so I just listen to that every once in a while. It's just it's just you get different things from him every time. Um, even if you listen to the same interview, it's just you pick up different things. It's you know away from strategy, but it definitely helps your poker game. I would say. Yeah, and I I feel like personally I even independent of the the words that he's saying just the, the act of listening to him right his 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 manner of speaking and his, his <laughs> calm presence has an effect uh, even separate from the the very wise things that he says uh, for myself i had in the number 8 slot kara scott just an interesting story and uh, a, a, a neat person, someone who, I mean, I've you know, been sort of vaguely uh, aware of her or just uh, in my head, you know, she was just one of many like presenters. I, I didn't know a lot about her specifically. Um, and it was actually Carlos who, who recommended that interview. And, and I'm so glad that you did, Carlos, because I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, that was a really good one. I'm going to, th this one's tough. I got like three very similar <laughs> stories here to choose from. I think I'm going to go with Jamie Kerstetter. Um, that was a good interview. And my the part about that one that I really like is I learned a lot about what she's doing these days. Like if there's a lot of things I didn't know. My understanding was she was doing commentary for WSOP. And that's like, you know, amazing. Um, but I had no idea she was doing so much work behind the scenes in poker in terms of like, you know, putting games together and working with different um, productions. And so 
seeing someone that I've known over the internet for a long time from like the early days of TPE make it to that level in poker was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Chad, number seven. I had Jamie at number seven. Aside from, you know, from her start, I'm not, I can't remember how much she talked about it, but like she used to do the writing, like uh, the social media stuff for Doug Polk at one point. And, and now she's doing work for WPT and WPT Global. Um, she's head of their social team. And, and just like even the, um, the ladies' events that she's running with the uh, WBT World Championship in December. Like, it's just, it, she's doing so much more outside of just being a player and a personality uh, that not a lot of people see. Anytime you can hear her, be great. I have an ongoing tweet. Anytime I mention her in anything, I always put the unmutable Jamie Kerstetter because <laughs> at one point, someone who thinks he's high up commented about that he needs to mute the commentary when she's on mm -hmm. and i completely disagree with that yeah i'm glad i i missed that when it happened that that's uh turn, turns my stomach to hear that uh this is where it really got tough for me um looking at my, my number seven and my number six it's like how are these two not in the top five but it was it was such a strong year uh so i actually have ebony kenny in number seven uh, and it, it was an extraordinary interview um and and she's a, a pretty I think is a fascinating person, but I also think like it was a very well-conducted interview. I, I wanted to say from our end, but I, I think really it was uh, Carlos, uh, you, I, I think particularly shown in, in this one and got her to talk in a more intimate way than I think she, she came in doing. And it's just, I just, I feel really good about how, how that episode went, went down. I, I just, I, it gives me warm fuzzies thinking about it. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, that was similar to my feelings with, about Sam Grafton, because Ebony is another one who's kind of like, when you see her in poker media, she's always like, you know, fun loving and, you know, just, you know, getting the party started. Right. <laughs> and so to just hear her talk about things that are not as fun and just like, you know, see it, get an opportunity to learn about another side of her. That was very great. And it's not something that I think I've seen on any other uh, piece of poker media before that. Yeah, that's that's really what I meant to say. And I'm not even sure that she came in intending to give it to us. Like, I, I think that you won her over to where, she, you know, she, she she opened up more than I think she was initially going to. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Chad, who you got for number six? Well, it's... it's oh, I'm sorry. It's, sorry, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny is like, there's a lot of uh, repeat uh, names here, but for mine on this list, I'm going to go with Burt Stevens. Um, I was super, super happy to hear that he won the uh, WSOP Online main event. And, you know, he's always been such a good guy and somebody who reached out to us and offered to review my bracelet win uh, for pokercoaching.com. And, you know, I had a great time talking to him about that. Of course, I learned a lot and that's been very helpful to me. And just to hear that good karma, you know, go back around to somebody <laughs> who really deserves it. Like that was, you know, a great episode for me. Now, Chad, who do you have for number six? Six, I had Ed Miller. Um, I've quite enjoyed the, the proxies put out when I first grabbed a copy of the course years and years ago, that just, that was like a, a like a, a light bulb moment for me when I read that book. Uh, I've grabbed, I've, I've got all of, all of his books except, well, I don't have this, all of his poker books, I should say. 
I quite enjoy the content he puts out. I know he's moved on to, to sports betting and different things there, but just uh, being able to hear him and hear what he's up to and uh, the different uh, approaches he has in, in sports betting definitely was, was very interesting to me. Yeah, and I think there are some meta lessons, even though you know that, that book is, is not really about poker and we didn't talk a lot about poker in that interview. I think there are some meta lessons about just how to think about being a professional gambler in general, uh, the, the bigger picture of where your money actually comes from. Because even in the poker world, it's not just about how well do you play your cards, right? The, the game selection and deciding where you're going to play and what you're going to play is, is a big component of it. And you know, it's a much bigger part of the, the sports betting world, but just understanding how someone as smart as Ed thinks about those things is going to help you, even if he's not talking about poker. Yeah. So once again, this is one of these, like, how is this not in the top five? But I have Lorianne Persinger here in in number six, um, another uh, Carlos-initiated guest that was uh, kind of vaguely on, on my radar. I mean, she, she made a splash when she was deep in that um, that win event uh, last year, but, you know, not not someone that I necessarily would have, like, you know, really shortlisted to 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 be a guest until Carlos pushed her, but yeah, fantastic interview. So that's that's another feather in your cap, Carlos. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I had another one that has already been mentioned um, at number seven or six. six. I can't six on my list here would be um, um, Kara Scott. She was someone that similar to Ebony is that you kind of like see a public image and you think one thing. And then in the interview, you get to hear a completely different side of her. Like to, you know, see this lady on TV for all these years and know that she can kick your ass is kind of cool. <laughs> and that and that she uh, grew up, well, well, I shouldn't say grew up, but she did spend some time in her childhood living in like, I don't know if RV would be the right word. I can't remember the right way to describe it now, but partly on a farm and then partly on like, I'm going to say RV on the back of a truck or something like that. Uh, like that is not something you would have known, um, obviously, <laughs> from um, seeing her on TV all these years. But then just hearing her tell those stories and, you know, talk about, you know, her experience um, trying to get out of the um, big city in um, Italy during um, uh, the height of COVID, like, like that was great. And then the idea to even have her on the show to think that she might even be interested in it came from seeing her um tweets. Like her she seemed way more um outspoken and relatable in her tweets than I would have guessed from like seeing her on TV. And so that was another person that I was happy to get on the show to learn another side of. All right. Now we're into the top five proper. Chad, number five, who do you got? Uh, well, she's already been mentioned. Uh, episode 406, I had Ebony Kenny. That was in the height of that big Triton run she had where she had that opportunity from ACR and she went and crushed it. And then uh, you know, as she opened up to you guys uh, about her unique approach to life and, and uh, the different things that she's gone through, it was just it was a great interview. As we've seen Ebony on, on different programs before, our, uh, she's always got that, you know, that personality that looks like she's ready to party. But I think you guys really got uh, got behind that, and and got to, we got to see a little bit more of the the real Ebony. It was a, just a great interview. 
Yeah, as I said, Ebony easily could have made my top five, but uh, when, when when push came to shove, I ended up putting Ariangle here in, in number five. I remembered this more as an episode that I, I I enjoyed Ari's personality over the the strategy stuff that we talked about him, but certainly was was great on on both fronts. And uh, you know, I guess it's also flattering to know that he's actually listening to this uh, to the show. Maybe that's improving his standing in my eyes a little bit. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about Karen too. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like certain like you know poker legends in my mind. When I find out they that they listen to the show, that that definitely makes me smile. Yeah, uh, who's your number five? Man, I feel like my list got like I got ten names on my list, <laughs> and this this name I have listed at number six. So I feel like I missed one. I don't think I think I didn't get a chance to say all my names. We, but... we, we did nine, so if if or we started at nine, so if you had ten, oh, you did, you I did actually we were doing miss 10. one. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought we were doing 10. Okay, okay. Oh, you said four honorable mentions. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I got a way to fix this. So my number five is going to be Joel Diaz Porter, um, the poet who came on. And <clears throat> talking to him was amazing because it combined my loves of poker and hip-hop. Um, we went off on a tangent talking about rap music for... You know, probably. At I was going to say that that man can tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a tangent that was like eighty percent of the episode. I think just <laughs> like the rest of the episode should be considered a tangent. And then we continued that conversation for like several days after that. And then even recently, he sent me a um, recommendation of a hip hop documentary to watch that I got around to watching and loving and. <clears throat> I sent him a piece of poetry that I heard at the beginning of a rap song and, you know, got some more information on that poet from him. I even sent that to you, Andrew, that I I loved it so much and thought that it would be right your alley as well. Yeah, it was fantastic. So like those sort of interactions that he and I have had behind the scenes really reminds me of how great the episode was for me. Number four, Chad. Number four, again, is someone who's already been mentioned. It's episode 416, Kara Scott. Um, just the, the interview, talking about her upbringing and, and living in a, you know, in a camper, in a truck, and then who knew she was a, a competitor in Mai Tai? Like, I, I knew she was a, a very uh, fierce poker player and obviously a very well-performing uh, uh, commentator and uh, presenter and interviewer, but just uh, finding out a lot more about her in that interview was great. As Carlos had said, during, during the pandemic, you, you follow along and you'd see all the different things that she was dealing with in, in Italy, um, trying to, to keep her family safe and getting the other frustrations and the troubles that she was going through. It was just, a, I really enjoyed that interview and it, it felt like you're really getting to know her aside from what you see as a presenter at the world series. Now we're into the territory for me where, uh, it's like you know the, the my my top four could all have been top ones in in other years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in in fourth place is actually where I put Caitlin Cobb, which is is blowing my mind because it, it was it was such an amazing interview. I, if anyone hasn't listened to this, um, the episode three ninety seven with Caitlin Cobb, um, a woman who has uh, has experienced homelessness, uh, actually got into to playing poker and, and met her current husband, who is a uh, professional poker player. 
while she was she was homeless uh, and and spending her time in a casino, uh, and then you know has now had success herself as as a, a poker player and has gotten involved in, in other kinds of activism, both in the poker community and and elsewhere. Uh, truly, an, an amazing story and just a, a really kind and sweet person to spend time with as well. Agreed. And this is where I'm going to go for a massive, massive, massive angle shot <laughs> and <laughs> say that as a couple, Caitlin and Justin uh, are my number four. And because that probably includes about 10 hours of episode, <laughs> it's kind of cheating. Yeah, but, this is technically uh, three episodes that you're wrapping into one. <laughs> right. But, you know, when you get married, they say the two become one. So uh, <laughs> I think I can uh, get away with it. Uh, but, yeah, both of them, like, those conversations were amazing to, you know, hear the story of how they met and, um, the story of um, how Caitlin kind of dealt with um, homelessness um, before and just like the success that she's had in poker since then. And then, you know, Justin's stories about uh, what it's like grinding super hard in, in, um, in Maryland. Like, I mean, that's to Ari. Uh, Justin's got to be one of the, the the biggest grinders we've had on the show in a while. Yeah, and um, and then also the two of them just like introducing us to uh, Justin's mom Barbara, like like those two those three episodes were just like it was amazing, man. That was a great time in my life just listening <laughs> to those conversations, having those conversations, and then re listening to them and sharing them with others. Like, yeah, that was a, an amazing time. Yeah, those were episodes that I recommended to a lot of people, just like relatives and stuff who aren't necessarily like listening to the show regularly. But I was like, oh, you got to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Chad, number three? Uh, number three was Caitlin Kameski. Oh. Yeah. It was a little bit different than your normal shows. She is quite entertaining. They really come on the scene, as I guess, started from the whole uh, Jack 4 uh, investigation where she was doing the skits. And then since then, she's... I think she's teamed up with Nikki Limo and they've got their own podcast and they're just all over the place with content creation. And she, but she herself is a, is like a really good uh, grinder at poker table um, in the Texas scene. Like she had a podcast earlier just on the Texas poker scene, but just the whole package between being a comedian, being funny, but also being an actually pretty good poker player. Just, it was a really good interview and I really enjoyed uh, hearing it. Yeah, I feel like I should explain myself because I think I sounded surprised <laughs> when you mentioned that. I actually felt kind of bad about that episode because I, I I felt like I my personal performance as, as an interviewer, I didn't feel like was up to snuff. I, I I felt like there was a lot we left on the table that I don't I don't know. I mean, if I knew what, what I had, you know, could have done differently, I, I would have done it. But I, I felt like there was more that I, I could have gotten from her that that I didn't get. So personally, that episode feels to me like a little bit of a, a missed opportunity. But I do agree it was a good one. I put in number three, and this is, I mean, any one of these really, any one of my top three could be my number one. Uh, this is where I put Gloria Jackson. 
so many stories stand out from that episode. And obviously it ended up, you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about having a, a huge influence on uh, Carlos and, and on this show. So there's a whole like Gloria Jackson legacy that that is bigger than this this uh, episode. But just a, as an interview, I think one one of the best shows that we've done, certainly one of the best that we've done of this year. Um, it's picking one anecdote is like going into labor and continuing to play poker <laughs> and like uh, and making a day two of, of a poker tournament while in labor. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's far from the, uh, far from the only great moment, uh, from that interview and certainly to arise from that interview. Yeah. I'll say for me, my number three is going to be, uh, Laurie, the, uh, Laurie Ann Persinger. So that episode was one that was amazing for me because like you said, Andrew, she had the success at the WPT. And this is someone that I've known um, for a long time in poker. And so to see her have that success was great. And also also that, that episode kind of like kicked off a lot of other good episodes. And so that's one that when I think about that time of the year, um, that episode was one that um, was like pivotal. Um, so yeah, that's one that I always look back to. And and she's another person who's very fun and entertaining and also um uh a good person in general. Chad, number two. Number two, I had Caitlin Cobb. As you said, just the the interview, you know, how she started off um homeless and then was working with Ape Styles and and her great run that she's had and, and just the what she's done. Aside from leading into what may or may not be my number one podcast pick, it was just it just an unbelievable story. Like you said, you could you've got really three episodes that kind of tie into one, um, but uh, I, it's hard to beat those uh, that that story and and the the interviews you got from that. Uh, I put Joe Porter Diaz in in number two, and I'm actually not sure because he's some places it's Diaz Porter, some places he has it Porter Diaz, um, but in any event, uh, Joe, uh, I. In, I mean, I, I was kind of a fly on the wall during the tangent that, that Carlos mentioned of talking about the hip hop, but uh, what a time to be a fly. <laughs> it was, And he, you felt like there were a number of tangents that we didn't even go. Like, I think he could have said as many interesting things on like several other subjects as he did about um, poetry and, and about poker in Atlantic City and, and hip hop. Like, I think there's probably a few other things that he also had. Like, we didn't get that much into chess, for instance, um, but I think there's probably a few other things that he's like also has pretty deep knowledge of. Like, I could easily see doing another four hours with him next year yeah yeah we gotta have him back at some point uh carlos number two number two um i'm gonna say number two was um uh gloria jackson's episode um number 401 um that was the episode where we were introduced to her and the, the great story that you talked about like she's such like an interesting person and such a good person and just all the people she brought on with her. So she um, had her sister on with the episode that kind of like corroborate some of the um, <laughs> crazy things she was telling us. And then um, also um, had a friend um, come on as well to talk about, you know, some opportunities um, that she could have in poker going forward. But just knowing about her, just like just seeing her in the poker world for so long and then finally getting to meet her and just hearing these great stories and learning so more, much more about her just outside of poker 
was made for a great episode there. So yeah, 401 is my number two. Yeah, I, I was surprised that wasn't your number one. I guess you're looking to sleep in the doghouse tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have the opportunity to insert a drum roll sound effect, but Chad, number one choice. Uh, number one, as previously mentioned, was uh, was Justin, um, which covered two episodes, 398 and 399. Just unbelievable story um, for the commitment to the Hello Kitty, <laughs> um, to <laughs> hearing about you know his experiences, uh, the influences of, of from his mother in, in civil rights and the frustrations he's gone through and, and the difficulties had, and then like his thoughts on higher roller scene. And it just, it was, it was a great four hours um, <laughs> that people should listen to. And if you listen at two and a half speed, it's only, you know, <laughs> like an hour 45. So it's okay. I love it. I love that. I also had Justin Arnwine as number one. Um, I agree with Carlos. You can almost think of the the Caitlin Cobb, Justin Arnwine, the 397 through 399 as as a single story told in in three parts. Um, yeah, I felt like Justin was both like, a lot of interesting poker stuff and also a really interesting personality and, and story, even the parts that weren't strictly poker centric, like the the story of how and why he's he's wearing all the Hello Kitty stuff, which is really what first put him on my radar was just seeing him around the, the Maryland scene. Just, you're seeing this guy with like dreadlocks and, and all this Hello Kitty gear and like, what is going on here? Uh, and and the answer to that question is is far more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so that alone, I mean, obviously, as, as you said, it's four hours of great content, but that one story alone was was enough to cement it as, as a great episode in my mind. All right. So my number one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to tell me in a second, but I, I really thought for sure uh, that that Gloria was going to be your number one. And now I'm trying to figure out like, and you already did Justin and, and, and Caitlin. I'm having trouble even guessing what your number one is going to be. I bet Chad could guess it. Um. Or maybe you're looking at a list of guests as, as opposed to a list of episodes. Yeah, I'm listening at a list of guests. Oh, okay, all right. so. you know, I, I didn't I didn't count this one. Okay, I know what it is. Okay, so <laughs> is, it, is it episode 400? Episode 411. Oh. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, although if we're listing, you know, our favorite episodes, then 411 is going to be number one. But obviously, if it's guests, it's going to be glory either way. But 411 was when Gloria and I announced to the world that we were a couple. And okay. so that was probably the most important episode I've ever done on this show, including the one where I talked about winning the bracelet. <laughs> and so number two was when we got introduced to her. And but then number one was when I got a we got an opportunity to and to introduce us to the listeners. And that was another great episode, like the story that um, Jay Kelly told about how she tried to um, get Gloria and I together. Um, and the story that Andrew and I told about how we tried to get Gloria and David on the podcast, like so many like crazy coincidences had to go down to first even make the episode happen. But then on top of that, to make, you know, the... Uh, relationship that Gloria and I now share happened. Like that was one that that's an episode that by far is going to be my most favorite. And, you know, as a special, you know, guest for um, a special bonus for, you know, talking about this episode, she had just come back in the house as we were recording this. So I invited her down so she can tell everybody hi. So. Oh, hey. Hi, Gloria. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh. 
Hi. Thanks for being uh, such a part of the show. Yeah, thanks. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, she, she had no idea I was going to do that. So basically, we've been ranking the episodes this year as, a, you know, which our favorite, I guess they've been doing like favorite guests, but I kind of cheated and did favorite episodes. And so. Uh, well, yeah, I had sort of, I had sort of forgotten that we had two, that you were on, on two different episodes. So when Carlos put the Gloria Jackson episode 401 as his second choice. I was like, what the hell is his first choice? <laughs> <laughs> he's always going to be in the doghouse tonight. <laughs> yeah. Gloria, the Gloria Jackson episode was great because I was introduced to, you know, a great person and a great guest, but the glow and low episode was like basically life-changing for me. So, you know, that, that was the big difference. And so like, yeah. Like I definitely, um, you know, we've done, what are we up to now? Like 425 episodes over like a decade. Yeah. Uh, 411 was by far the, the best and most important one for me. You're definitely going to be biased though. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we get to make our own list. <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody had their own top 10. Okay. Uh, we did top nine for some reason, uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm definitely biased. I'm very biased. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Gloria, while you're here, are are you still talking with um with Jay, who was on that episode with you? Are you are you still in touch? Uh, yeah, she. I haven't been doing a great job with keeping in touch with everyone myself because, like Carlos said, it's been life changing. So she reach she reaches out to me on um Facebook Messenger, and I'll you know chat with her a little bit, but. It's things been really busy with us around here. I haven't been even playing poker that much live. I've been playing online, but not live much at all. Yeah, because obviously the the focus of that episode was was your and Carlos's relationship. But I, I think it, in, in the the background, like the story of the relationship between uh, you and Jay, I thought was really interesting. Also, yeah. Well, I got a chance to hang out with her a lot during the summer. Um, oh, good for the. WSOP and I like like she's she's definitely one of my soul sisters um, <laughs> for sure so yeah we've been like in the process of like building a life together so that takes a little bit of time and focus yeah. away from poker but obviously that's very good and important work and I will tell you it's been nine months like two days ago it was like nine months since the first time I talked to her and it's been like the best nine months of my life so I'm happy to still be here with her and to have her as a guest on this episode. Yeah, of our lives. Of our lives, yes. yes. <laughs> Glow and love. <laughs> um, well, Chad, I, I did say I wanted to give you the opportunity also if there's um, stuff, you know, I, I really don't take in that much poker media outside. Just just making this show is is uh, enough work for me. But um, you seem to be you know, pretty aware of like the poker ecosystem in, in general. So uh, if there's either, you know, other shows that, that you you know think more people like people who are fans of the show might also enjoy or even like specific episodes. If people are not regularly listener to a certain podcast, but you just want to you know bring our attention to, oh, you know, so and so did a, a great episode this year. Is there anything like that that you would you would uh, call people's attention to? Well, as we were in, in the discussion of having a top five, I, I put together a top five um, shows. Oh, perfect. With one caveat is I couldn't include your show. Fair enough. So it's the top five, not including Thinking Poker, which obviously would be in it. The number one right now, mainly because of the, the amount of content they put out, 
as they're on basically five days a week, is the only Friends podcast from Solve for Why. Because whatever issue comes up, they dive into it the next day in the poker world. They also have Matt. Uh, Matt comes on to uh, do strategy, and they get a variety of guests. So it's a little bit of a mix of of strategy to poker news to um, drama to actual play because they talk about Berkey's play um, in in the big games that he plays. So I have that as number one. Number two, most of his shows are behind a paywall on Patreon, but DJF Sessions, I've met him. I've known him for a number of years. He's a really great person. Uh, he got kind of tied up in a little bit of the drama from Hustler because he um, is part of uh, their crew there and runs the, the Max Payne Monday show. But his show really is about himself, his, uh, his grind, his life, parenting, relationships, friends, and then especially all the drama that he's had to deal with over the last couple of years with what's gone on at Hustler. Uh, number three would be the chip race. I love those guys. Dara and, and David are absolutely phenomenal with Barry jumping in there too. I do have to say I was a guest on one of their shows a couple of years ago, so I'll just put that out there. But they, um, between having four different guests on every episode where they cover different flavors of the month or um, strategy or uh, however, you, 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 they normally have one big guest that they'll draw you in but it's the other three that you'll listen to that you really, really get something from. That's the thing I find so intimidating that show is, you know, it's hard enough for me to book one guest a week uh, or every other week is sort of the schedule we've been on of late. And for that, they're getting like four a week. I'm like, what are you doing? You're just burning through your guests. Well, they, um, they may tape a whole bunch of them all in the same day and then just disperse them through. Um, I remember when I was one of the guests on one of their shows, Mine was recorded, and then three months later, it showed up in an episode. So I'm not <laughs> sure if they're, they're recording schedules. But yeah, just the variety you get from an episode from them is really good. You'll get a little bit of everything. Uh, you may not like you know one segment, but you'll get stuff from three others. Um, so I, I really enjoy their show. Number four I have is Rec Poker. Jim Reed has taken over from Steve Fredland on that show. And I again, I have to say I, I did at one point uh, help with their social media and do work for them. They've really dove into the, the rec recreational player scene. Um, they've built a community uh, like they have on free poker stars on the, on the free games. They've got regular uh, games every day that their members can play in to try and improve and compete. And they do have mixed games in there too. So sometimes I hop in and play with them on those, but just uh Getting their perspective is is quite different than getting perspectives of, of pros or uh, people who are heavy into strategy. It's a, it's a really a great show. They are mainly based in Minnesota, but they do get players from all over the place. And then number five is a, is really is the newcomer, and it's more I would say on the entertainment value is the Ace Holes podcast with Caitlin and Nikki. Uh, I really enjoy their shows. It's a little bit lighter than you get from a lot of other poker shows, but it you definitely leave the show smiling. So those would be my top five, not including thinking poker for current <laughs> uh, poker shows that are out there. Awesome. Thank you. It's a great list. There's one episode of a different show that I wanted to point out that I really enjoyed back in September was the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary of rounders and uh, poker news did an episode where they just did a watch along and they had a couple of people there and as the episode was going, they were commenting on all the different things. 
how the memories that they brought up, how that would relate to now, the like the differences that you know in strategy and and playing, and it was just it. Rounders is a is a phenomenal movie for a lot of people in poker of of a certain age, and just hearing that now, I wanted to <laughs> went listened to the episode and then went and watched the show again, watched the movie again because I had, it's been a few years and um, you, you forget different parts of it because you know you only remember certain things and, and it made me really appreciate that movie again. So that definitely was a show that uh, I would recommend people to listen to. Um, they don't ep- they don't number their episodes, but it did come out in September. Again, there are so many shows that I listen to that I would w- love to recommend, but I don't think you have another hour. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Is there anything you want to recommend outside of the poker world? Just, you know, best best movies of the year, best music of the year, uh, you know, just whatever, whatever you're into. You know how Spotify Wrapped came out um, and I was comparing my list uh, of music that from this year to, to the last couple of years. And at some point um, at the between the end of last year and this year, I somehow got into country music and I'm not sure how that happened. Metallica is always my favorite band, always will be, and it is always at the top of my my list for music played. But uh, a couple other bands have gotten in my list, and it was Blackberry Smoke, the Cadillac 3, and the Record Company. They're more southern rock, country-ish, and I would highly recommend all three bands to anyone um, who enjoys good music. Oh, I've certainly heard of Metallica, but the other three were not on my radar, so I, I appreciate that personally. Most of my other podcasts I listen to are sports related. Um, I'm a big hockey fan, um, both a, a Bruins fan, Boston Bruins fan, as well as a, a Vegas Golden Knights. I also enjoy football. So I listen to Locked On 49ers every single day because they put out a show every day as I'm a big San Francisco 49ers fan. Other than that, it's really just sports, music, and, uh, po- and poker that I listen to. Carlos, any uh, pop culture recommendations from you? um pop culture recommendations i have not thought about anything outside of this house for the past nine months so (laughs) i have no (laughs) idea what's going on in the world Uh, i have no idea what kind of music people are listening to these days all i know about is um glory jackson and and the kids all right well i think i think the uh the series finale of Atlanta, the final season of Atlanta, I believe that wrapped up in in 2024. So I'm, I'm going to treat that as a recommendation. It's, it's my recommendation, but it's from you because you're the one who recommended it to me. Uh, people have probably heard uh, me or us gush about Atlanta before, um, but I, I truly think it's it's one of the best TV shows uh, ever. It will reward some, some deep watching, paying close attention, maybe even doing a little research outside of the show, which has always been one of the most fun or was one of the most fun things for me of, of watching it was you know discussing it uh carlos with you afterwards and comparing notes on like different things the things that they referenced that we then looked into or you know fan theories about what happened and, and things like that it, it's it's a weird show um it's probably not going to be everyone's cup of tea but uh, i think it is one of the best things that i've ever seen on tv um and that i, I think it, it closed very strong which is uh you know not not all shows that start out good, maintain their strength over the course of uh, several seasons. But I, I think Atlanta had, had a very strong fourth season and the um, the the series finale, I thought was very satisfying. And it's, it's a difficult thing to bring to a close, but I, I think they nailed it. Yeah, that was, it feels like a lifetime ago, but I do remember <laughs> old Carlos uh, enjoying that show with you. And I also second your recommendation of it. 
it, it's nice to, to know that that show is getting mentioned on people's like top five to top 10 lists of like best shows of all time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, I, I think this might've actually come out last year, but I watched it at the beginning of this year, uh, Endor, which or Andor rather. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was a great show. I, I completely agree. That was a great show. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I, I was a big fan of the the Star Wars movies when I was like in in a teenager, and I hadn't really thought about them that much. The, the prequels sort of ruined it for me. Uh, I haven't even seen all of the the new like episodes seven, eight, nine. Like I, I think I watched seven and eight and, and thought they were pretty bad. And I've I've never seen nine. It was very if the idea that you could go back in time and tell like fourteen year old Andrew there's going to be new Star Wars movies and you're not going to care or watch them is like <laughs> would would be very strange. Um, but Andor. It was was so i mean a it didn't really feel like a star wars property but it, it was so good that then i was like oh maybe i should give these other star wars shows a chance and i watched the first up a couple episodes of the mandalorian and i thought it was awful and and so i kind of gave up on that but i think even if you're not into the like star wars stuff or if you've avoided andor because you're like oh star wars i don't do star wars uh, i i think you you do not need to know or care about star wars to enjoy andor i think it's just a just a fantastic bit of television um, did you see Rogue One, which was uh, one of the Star Wars movies that came out? I did. I think that that is by far my favorite of the you know non non original trilogy. Yeah, because it was completely separate. It's one of the better ones, and then Andor is the basically the prequel to it. They've got that this first season that just came out, great show, and then they're going to have another season, which apparently is supposed to span over a couple years, which leads up to the start of Rogue One. Yeah, I, I did. I actually didn't know that when I started watching Andor. Um, and then at some point I was like, oh, that's the guy from Rogue One. Like it'd been a while since I'd seen Rogue One. And um, yeah, I didn't like put two and two together as to, like who this person was or why they were doing this, um, this series. Uh, yeah. Anything else anyone wants to recommend? Just love songs in general. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when, when Chad mentioned Spotify rap, like this is the first year, like, any other year there would be like my top five would be like there would be like four rappers and then probably like a box fan sound that i'll sleep to at night in the car somewhere <laughs> but this year is like all love songs so <laughs> that's all i can recommend to people now you're a changed man carlos yes um well thank you guys for doing this a lot of fun chad thank you so much for joining us and for uh all your support over the years uh i mean just it means a lot to us that people are, are watching or listening rather, but uh, you, you've really gone uh, above and beyond and we appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, I greatly appreciate the show and hope you guys just keep it going for another 423 episodes. <laughs> hey. Oh, <man. laughs> Good night, guys. of a car the fair passage of a bill and who will sign us into law I know you